Ask Andy is our new subscriber-only show. Every month, Andy answers your questions. Like these. What's your favourite colour biro? What the f*** is it with you and terrapins? Uh, what are the spring 2024 catwalk colours? How goes it with the sitar? Can you recommend either the floating barge or the detour to Rwanda? What do you think of the kids of politicians getting into politics? Maybe you and your colleagues would be able to suggest some coping mechanisms. And Andy even asks a few questions himself. Do you, do you think I could get to Christmas number one? Subscribe to Ask Andy Now via any podcast platform. Go to thebuglepodcast.com forward slash donate. Welcome to Top Stories, I'm Andy Zaltzman. For today's top story, we are visiting the Maldives, a tropical paradise for some people, anyway. In February 2012, the wealthy holidaymakers may have missed the coup going on away from the perfect beaches and turquoise seas. It's Bugle number 182 with me and John Oliver. Top story this week, madness in the Maldives! And with all the attention that the Arab Spring got, Andy, and is now deliberately not getting, <laughs> let's spare a thought for the Maldives. Now, you might ask, where the f*** are the Maldives? <laughs> to which I would say, why don't you go buy a globe, cover it in Tabasco sauce, eat that globe, digest what's on it, and shit yourself out an answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if that was a little blue, Andy. I was up very late last night being shouted at by old Asian ladies. <laughs> the, the Maldives are a small island nation consisting of about 1,200 islands in the Indian Ocean. Capital city, Malay. Official language, Divehi. Currency, Maldivian Rafia. Thank God the Wikipedia strike is over, Andy, or that would have been a significantly shorter sentence. <laughs> and who is their president? Well, I'll tell you who it definitely isn't. It definitely isn't democratically elected president Mohammed Nasheed. Because he stepped down from power this week, Andy, after looking a potential coup in the face and saying, no, thank you, not for me. <laughs> Mohammed Nasheed is going to make like a tree and uproot himself from power so that his political career breaks down into mulch. <laughs> I'm resigning is what I'm saying, people. What is wrong? Why don't you appreciate wordplay? <laughs> ah, this was never going to work out, Maldivians. <laughs> Yeah, Maldives, former holder of the world record for the largest communal scuba dive, um, which I believe remains the nation's greatest achievement, a tropical island paradise, unless you happen to actually come from there, in which case <laughs> you probably don't have any money at all, and are used to living under autocratic regimes, and the vague sensation that your home will probably be underwater in a few years' time. But D Different least, kind of paradise, yeah. different kind. And you can watch rich people from the West enjoying a tropical island paradise, so you get it vicariously, which is... Better than nothing, I think. That was that was the uh, extra unreleased verse to the Guns N' Roses' Paradise City, Andy. Take me down to the Paradise City where the grass is green, the girls are pretty, and the poverty line is absolutely devastating. <laughs> uh, Nasheed claimed he was forced to resign at gunpoint. Of course, not the first leader who's resigned at gunpoint. Um, Adolf Hitler being one, I guess. <laughs> And uh, he was a former political prisoner and refugee who took over from a corrupt autocratic predecessor who'd been in power for three decades and magnanimously rose above having been held in uh, solitary confinement, being tortured and forced to eat ground glass, which I'm guessing what? wasn't particularly elegantly prepared in a jail in the Maldives. I guess ground glass is one of those things like offal. You know, if you're going to eat it, John, you want to eat it somewhere really good. Definitely yeah. not in jail. Yeah. Unless the Maldives Secret Service has hired Heston Blumenthal as a celebrity guest <laughs> chef for the week. 
He had, as you mentioned, he pledged to complete the Maldives' move towards full democracy, but faced huge opposition as his parliament was dominated by opposition supporters of the former president. And that is awkward, Andy. And when I say awkward, I mean dangerous and fundamentally doomed. <laughs> uh, he stepped down on Tuesday, as you say, saying that he was forced to resign at gunpoint by police and army officers in a move planned with the knowledge of his former vice president, who's now replaced him. And new President Hassan had denied these gunpoint claims, saying, yeah, it wasn't a gunpoint. No one ever pointed the gun at him. They just <laughs> directed his attention to the gun and said that if he didn't resign immediately, the gun would be pointed at him and then fired at him and then carefully placed in his hand to indicate suicide. <laughs> the, uh, the Maldives economy, of course, uh, is based on tourism, which began in the early 1970s. And the ex-dictator who... Uh, that she took over from and who is, could be set for a return to power, an emotional comeback like mm -hmm. a nasty Elvis. Uh, Mormoon <laughs> Abdul Gayoum, he probably could not quite as well dressed. Uh, he took power in 1978 and tourism boomed up towards the figure of 500,000 tourists per year today, which just shows, John, that tourists love dictators. Mm -hmm. We saw this with Tunisia as well when the revolution kicked off there and the main concern certainly in Britain was whether British holidaymakers might be slightly inconvenienced by those annoying locals disrupting their holidays of a lifetime by fighting a life and death struggle for freedom. And the same has happened with the Maldives. Where shall we go this year, love? Oh, well, somehow we can get away from it all. You know, from work, from stress, from family and from democracy. I want to go somewhere where the local people are oppressed. Otherwise, it just won't feel any different from home. <laughs> Ex-President Nasheed will be missed. He seemed to be a fundamentally well-meaning man in a near-impossible job who was anxious to move towards a more moderate government and who'll be remembered as a committed environmentalist. How committed? Well, try this for size. He once held an underwater cabinet meeting to highlight climate change. In an innovative move aimed at grabbing attention, he and his ministers were in full scuba gear as they met for about 30 minutes at a depth of six metres just north of the capital in 2009. Wow. <laughs> Andy, what, he, he even signed a bill down there, presumably with an underwater pen. That is world-class leadership, Andy. These crazy Maldiviacs, or whatever they call themselves, <laughs> don't know what they're giving up here. Because we're not just missing that, Andy. We're not just missing underwater meetings. We're missing what he could have done. How is he going to highlight the problems of nuclear pr proliferation? Having a 30-minute meeting inside a nuclear warhead before <laughs> symbolically detonating it in a cloud of mushrooms? The guy could have been great fun to watch, Andy. Instead, now we're watching him desperately try to slip into Sri Lanka to prevent getting killed. Because <laughs> not the uh, not entirely the first leader to uh, hold cabinet meetings underwater. Uh, Margaret Thatcher famously used to begin all her cabinet meetings as British Prime Minister by shoving her ministers' heads into a toilet, <laughs> flushing it and saying, who's in charge? <laughs> I'm in charge. Now towel yourself down and say, yes, miss. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed so charming when Meryl Streep did it in that movie, though, Andy. It just didn't seem quite as bad. The problems arose uh, when Nasheed had a senior judge arrested who'd ordered the release of a government critic. Uh, the judge himself had been accused of corruption. Uh, but there was a big backlash against uh, Nasheed uh, for this. And I guess it shows, John, the eternal rule that when you're a democratically elected leader fighting against a legacy of institutionalised corruption and religious conservatism and trying to clean up the economic mess left by your predecessors <laughs> and the general global economic climate, it's probably best not to arrest a judge, even if that judge is a real dick. 
That was another Top Story. More from Top Stories imminently. Thank you for listening. The Bugle Podcast is alive because of your, yes, your regular or one-off donations. Keep the show regular and one-off on a weekly basis at thebuglepodcast.com. Thank you.